didn't even know what you were standing up for. <laughs> All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. David Sears sitting in. Rick Delgado's got the night off. Rick Amorati will be here doing sports to your friend, holding it down as always. Glad you're in on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029, of course, streaming on all of social media at uh, Real AM Voice on Getter. I would bet soon we'll be streaming on True Social, I would think. Uh, follow us on all our social media at LFS6B tonight. Of course, our first night on the John Fredericks Radio Network. We're excited about that. Mr. Fredericks will join us at 8.30, bottom of the hour, to discuss that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to speaking with him. Did you tell him we won uh, Ted Danson money? We won 10, we won 10 million an episode? Ted Dan- Is that Ted Danson money? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. It's a long time ago, it was isn't old, it? It was an old Seinfeld bit where trying to get a show and George wants to get paid like Ted Danson if that not even having a show. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't go down that. One. I didn't go there yet, but maybe I will tonight. Why not? Right, take my shot. David Zier, how are you? I'm wonderful. Just got back from CPAC. Very and exciting. We'll, yes, and we'll talk about a little bit about your experience at CPAC, about Rav at CPAC. I want to thank. Um, I want to thank Ed Henry and Karen Turk for having me on this morning. And I said to them, guys, if this is day two of the new morning show and we're down to me as a guest, what's, <laughs> what's up with the guest list? <laughs> but we do know Harry works on oh, yeah, the show. Was, so. I was on more to defend Harry. It's how I slipped into the day two. And let me just tell, tell you this, that, that morning show, as I texted Harry and I texted the Zen master this morning, is appointment television. It's so that it's so good on day two. They're so good. They bring people in there from Benny's on the beach. They got great. They do have great guests today. That'll slip up with me on there. But um, it's like uh, the old uh, was it Groucho Marx? I don't want to be part of any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> exactly. I said if we're down to me, Harry wasn't available. But no, it was um, it was good. It's really good, and actually. I, my segment was good with them too. We got to talk a little bit about Harry. We talked a little <laughs> bit about um, what's going on. This war, this president, this speech, the State of the Union. So we covered a lot of stuff, but it was great. But I mean, Ed and Karen are fantastic. And by the way, so are Terrence and Jessica live in Denver. The way they do that second hour and everybody's, it's all four of them. It's, it's really fantastic. I watched it the, all two hours, both mornings here, these first two mornings. And it's going to be great. And I believe tomorrow morning, the guest list gets stepped way up. David Zier joins them. Yes. There you go. Ready I mean, for an Emmy and a Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had, they had Wayne Allen. You know, Wayne Allen Root this morning was good. He's good. He is good. Yeah. yeah. Wayne, uh, of course, started his career in the sports um, handicapping, sports uh, betting business. He's still in it. He's a Columbia grad, right? I don't know that. I don't know if he is. He's a smart guy, though. He was good this morning. Um, they had Matt Whitaker on yesterday morning. He was fantastic. So it was really great. Uh, so there's lots to do tonight. I'm, I'm going to focus on a couple things. Number one, what this administration is doing with Iran, because it's, it's really the warning flags have now really got to go up. And um, I'm going to spend some time on that. But I want to start the show with what happened today with our own John Solomon. And he has a... Um, he has a piece over at Just the News 
about him being suspended today. And uh, he says the following. Twitter on Thursday suspended the account of Just the News CEO and editor John Solomon for tweeting a story about a peer-reviewed study on COVID vaccines published in a respected medical journal by a research university that has worked with both National Institute of Health and the World Health Organization. The platform claimed that the story was, quote, violating the policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. Now, if that means like actually telling the truth, maybe that's what Twitter uh, deems as violating, spreading, misleading, and potentially harm, potentially harmful to uh, our advertising dollar. Fauci going to jail, yes. Um, all of the BS we've all dealt with for two years in this administration, and um, all these tyrants all over the all over the country, governors and such. Yes, harmful information to them, potentially harmful. Um, but again, as Joe Rogan said, everything that would have gotten you still, in, and as clearly still gets you kicked off, comes around as truth here at some point. <laughs> and as he says here, even though the story quoted federal agencies um, for the issue raised by the story, the offending... John Solomon reports post was a link to a just the news story posted Thursday morning with the headline Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine converts to DNA inside human liver cells. According to new study story is about a study by Swedish scientists that found when the Pfizer vaccines MRNA enters human liver cells, it triggers a number of reactions that yield a reverse transcription that turns the mRNA into spike DNA and notes the story was first reported by another news outlet. The peer-reviewed study was published. Peer-reviewed. How, it's all we've heard all along. Oh, it's not peer-reviewed. It's not uh, double-blind. It's not double-blind placebo. It's got to be peer-reviewed, and it's got to be in this. It's got to be in that. Well, here it is. Here it is. Guess what? didn't matter. Peer-reviewed study was published in the respected medical journal Current Issues in Molecular Biology, was conducted by Lund University in Sweden, a medical research uh, institute that has done uh, contract work with the NIH, Fauci's um, criminal deal over there, and often cited by the WHO. The story also points out the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has said the reverse transcription process would not happen, as also reported by at least one other news outlet. Mr. Solomon appealed to Twitter executives to lift the suspension. Quote, he said, if journalists can't accurately quote a peer-reviewed study in a respected medical journal written by a university that has been trusted by the NIH and the WHO without being censored, then the First Amendment has been thoroughly gutted by big tech censors who want to substitute their version of truth for honest coverage of disputes in science and public policy, he said. There is nothing inaccurate or harmful in the story which includes dissenting views and in, in context from the CDC. I asked Twitter to review the article and the underlying information and lift the suspension immediately, he added, accusing a journalist falsely of spreading misleading and potentially harmful information without a basis is defamatory and suspending the account without cause simply erodes Twitter's standing in the market of free ideas. Twitter also blocked Solomon's account a few months ago for an accurate story, then reversed course and said the action was an error. 
And that's the end of the story. I believe the update is because I checked and I could get to both Just the News on Twitter and John Solomon. Jay Solomon reports, I believe it is. So I believe that they also now have reverse course on this because I believe both of his accounts are, are available. His personal one and his Just the News are back up. Um, and the last part of this erodes Twitter's standing in the market of free ideas. Well, they're not in the market of free ideas. They're not in the market of free ideas. They're in the market of the, the Democratic Party. They're in the market of uh, you listen to us, and if you disagree, we beat you down. They, they have no interest in the free ideas. They have no interest in the free market. They have no interest in, in any of that. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if Mr. Solomon has any thoughts on this going forward now that it looks like, again, I checked, both of his accounts are available. But I would assume, gentlemen, here on the show that this doesn't surprise, um, well, maybe it does. I don't know. Does this surprise you at all? Um, Paul Nolan, I'll start with you. <laughs> surprise me. I can't be lasting this long. It's so funny. I, you know, Well, specifically about the article that he referenced, though, that it came from, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we, we keep putting up real science. We keep giving these lunatics from the left, these cult mask loonies, real evidence endless amounts of data, endless amounts of scientific peer-reviewed study. We show endless amounts of evidence, and it's never enough. Once it's Mark Twain had it right, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they had been fooled. They do not, they need to take their dogma for a walk, and they won't. This has become their God. This has become their, their religion. It is without a doubt the issue of the day that politics has become the new religion, and you can say nothing against it, otherwise you're a heretic. And here we are. This guy's one of the best journalists out there. You go to Mr. Solomon's Wikipedia, conspiracy theorist. It's laughable. It's utterly laughable. This is a guy who's taken down guys from, from deep state, right and left, corruption at every level, and has never worn blue or red glasses in his career. It's a guy who's written for the most prestigious, you know, uh, you know, news outlets in the world, at least at the time, Wall Street Journal, right? Didn't he write for uh, the Times and, and, the, and, and he's written for everybody important. And here he is being vilified for giving what's arguably a perfectly written article. And Twitter goes ahead and, 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 and hacks him. They will look for any excuse they could for a purveyor of honest, good journalism. They can't be here. He had to go. David Zier? Uh, Real America's Voice News is very fortunate. Uh, we have the most honest, hardworking journalist in the country with us, and that's John Solomon. Mm. And he has more integrity than anyone I've ever known in the business. Mm. And there's like 10 important people in this country. You know, you've got like Project Veritas, you've got Molly Hemingway types yep. and Sarah yep. Carter. Yep. You've got John Solomon, though, who's very careful about what he puts out. Mm. And this is all part of the deep state Interplatform, you know, uh, cooperation, antitrust violating, censorship of free speech agenda. Uh, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, very well said. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing for those of us who have gotten to know John, and and you know, what a it's, delightful it's still, guy. Right, it's still surreal sometimes for me that we even get a chance to talk to him, and I get the chance to talk to him on the phone or have him on the show. It really but Paul's is. right. You go look and you search and there's, you know, oh, this guy, oh, he's famous for, uh, you know, or he's famous for this or he's famous for that. And it has nothing to do with what he really is, is, is a great journalist. You know, there's a difference. Like, you know, Bannon 
the War Room is just such an awesome show and oh has such God. a huge following. And it's a, it's, call, it's a call to action. It's a different concept. Solomon, you know, is journalism. And, and Bannon holds his guests to a really high standard. If you're on the right and you go on Bannon and you start talking smack, he will light you up and call you out on You can't just go in and throw stuff around. But Solomon is more like on the journalism side. You know, and I remember, you know, even after January 6th and other events, he was very careful mm -hmm. about what he put out. And um, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, guys like Tom Fitton and him and, and O'Keefe. And mm -hmm. O'Keefe told me, you know, he's not about party. He just wants the truth to come out. And if, you know, anyway, not to get into all that. but uh, No, it's good. Solomon's a class act, that's for he sure. He sure is. Um, so, well, there you go. So that's, that's the update on what happened with Justin News and John Solomon today. Again, I believe that's been lifted. As far as I could tell, both of his accounts on Twitter were, um, were lifted. But again, this is why we have True Social, right? Not that, by the way, not that we should, you know, it's too bad that we have to have it under these circumstances because Twitter and Facebook and these places, all they want to do is stifle free speech. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in a, in, in the market of free ideas at all. They don't believe in being challenged. They don't believe in the ideology being challenged or making the case. Yell and you're a racist. That's how they make the case. All right, lots to do. Just getting started. Glad you're in. John Fredericks will join us at 830. We'll do some news. We'll do some sports. And we're going to cover what's going on with Iran, another enemy of ours that's watching us licking their chops. past the hour live from studio 6b glad you're in on a thursday night lots to do david zier sitting in with us tonight good to have you with us david zier will Thank be appearing you. on you. um am uh tomorrow morning on the morning show which is slip america's voice live am with um ed henry and karen turk and it's fantastic and then jessica and terrence join them in the nine to ten hour and that that's fantastic as well David will be on. What time? Do you know what time you're going on? 8.45. 8.45? Eastern AM. Okay, so you'll be on with Ed and Karen. Yeah. I'm talking about Truth Social and the latest. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about Truth Social tonight maybe, but right now let's do the news. News is brought to you by 7cells.com, S-E-V-E-N-C-E-L-L-S, 7 spelled out, 7cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 10% off if you want to get your hands on that ivermectin and that uh, early prevention kit, so you have it in your cabinet. Take control of your health at 7cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 10% off at checkout. Here's Paul Nolan with the news. I uh, can expect I'll be on that morning show after David Zia. Probably they'll be contacting me pretty sure. soon. Sure. We'll get you on with <laughs> yeah. Henry. Be ready. I'm fairly certain that's Let's not go. happening. Uh, did you guys see DC braces for truckers' convoy expected this weekend as Pentagon uh, deploys National Guard. Inspired by the Freedom Convoy in Canada to protest uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's COVID-19 vaccine restrictions, one of the largest convoys, the People's Convoy, started in uh, Alto, uh, California on February 23rd and is closing in on the D.C. area Saturday. On Wednesday, the convoy was estimated to have grown to about 1,100 vehicles, according to We Patriot. As of Tuesday, the People's Convoy website reported over $1.5 million donated to the caravan and non-financial donations are also being accepted, including restaurant owners who are collecting food donations for the convoy. And um, 
the rest, one of the restaurant owners said, we begin all kinds of items, uh, anything from protein bars to beef jerky, all kinds of non-perishable food items. It's just volunteers from the community that have stepped up to collect these donations and uh, take them to the truckers. So on Monday, We Patriot reported that local county sheriff's department in Missouri was providing the convoy a police escort with the lead sheriff's car sporting an American flag, uh, just uh, waving it outside the uh, the passenger window. So I just, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I am somewhat concerned that, you know, we've seen bad actors and Asian provocateurs in the past. Um, you know, uh, even in Canada where there's very little Antifa, we saw the goofy Antifa guy run the car and then run the one guy at a Nazi swastika flag and another guy, you know, had a Confederate flag. So uh, we know bad actors will come in and we do know the corrupt media will come in and only show what's not real. I'm praying guys like David Zier and Real America's Voice do a wonderful job covering it, and I'm really hoping that there's all kinds of coverage uh, proving that uh, this is coming from good intention, this uh, this convoy. Paul, can I just add a uh, sentence there? Yes, sir. Um, you know, the Washington Post, what a bunch of dirtbags, you know? Mm. Still, this movement in the United States, like the Ottawa protest, appears to be fueled by far-right extremists and comp- conspiracy theorists. Mm. These people are just flat-out evil. evil. You know, these truckers work harder than anybody and got families to feed, and they're sick of the... You know, having to show a vax card in California, paying nine dollars a gallon for diesel fuel and parts. Yeah. These people are awesome. They're yeah. awesome, yeah. and I just, you know, Washington Post. What country? I mean, country it's, Trump, it's like you, country you, wouldn't run without them. It's 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 it, well. And what have we heard the last few years prior to this? Well, we're going to have automated vehicles. Uh, you know, we're going to have uh, driverless trucks for f- hauling yeah. freight. And, Good luck. You know what? Exactly. You know, you know what we're going to see. You know, we're going to. This is going to be another pretext for more electric, automated AI that'll, you know, further make the ultra rich richer and the point zero zero one percent are rubbing their gr- grubby little paws while they're calling it the one percent, which means anybody yeah. who's making a, a decent living now. Think and, about how many illegals they can smuggle in back one of those self-driving tractor trailers, like five hundred in each one. You or ain't something. kidding. And, you know, they, and they don't care for these illegals. We saw it dumped right outside. They don't care. They're coming out all sweaty and filthy and, you know, dying. They, they, they throw like 30 cans of, of cat food and spam in there. To, and, oh, yeah, we're taking care of them. It's pathetic what they do. Are you in agreement, David, that this caravan, um, whatever happens as they get closer to D.C., they'll get nowhere near getting into D.C., obviously? Um, yeah, there's different reports. Uh, you know, uh, one, one part of the convoy stopping in Hagerstown. Yeah. Uh, they'll be around. And I think trucks that really have manifests that deliver to the restaurants and stuff will get through, you know. so. Uh, but the whole thing's despicable. To bring in National Guard troops for this and to Perfect. close off D.C., this government is um, out of control. I believe we are in the midst of a, a socialist takeover of the United States by our government that's slash fascist and in a way slash paramilitary and they're cracking down on a population and they're using the FBI as the new KGB. Um, very distraught, can't sleep at night. Um, it's, this is very real, folks. So, you know, you're bad and then hunt these guys down. I heard today these Patriot groups like in New York, you know, that, that the FBI and stuff are targeting members of the Patriot groups, even if they weren't like in January majority. 6th, which they shouldn't have been targeted anyway. Yeah, like the loud majority who's nothing short well, of Well, not, not just them, but there's, there's an amalgamation of Patriot groups. You know, there's umbrella groups that cover you know, groups from Buffalo down to New York, and they're going after individual members. It's like, it's something out of sci-fi, I, I, you know. Yeah. 
I know. I've, I've dealt with communist countries. Um, this is this is bad. You this know, is bad. I, I remember seeing a movie. Um, a guy Trevor Loudon wrote, did again. I've referenced it here in the past. It's called The Enemy Within, and it yeah. talked about the rise. This is a film that was made from four, 2014 and 15. Came out in 16. Yeah, and it was all about the rise of the Communist Party in America. And I've been talking about a Marxist movement. You know, since 2012, and since that every Marxist movement starts its bottom up Marxist on the ground, like Antifa, BLM, and it's top down oppression from the fascists. With technology. Yeah, the technocrats, and, you know, or the, or the new, you know, it, was, it started with aristocrats, then plutocrats, and now they're technocrats, and they won't, they're not happy until they have every digital. And they got fat federal pensions, and they're not going to, you know, like I'm worried about the police. Are they going to go and protect the average guy when they're making, so. you know, big money and big pensions? Are they going to listen? to these autocrats I, I i'm afraid that the reason they chased out so many of the elder statesmen of the police departments and was because they knew that they yeah. wouldn't uphold such nonsensical laws and these young kids who have to have college education that'll be a new york city police department have been at least slightly indoctrinated thank god i'm seeing with a lot of young kids because uh, you know my my children's age and you know, a house is a hub. They, they all, there's a bit of a, David, I'm sorry to take over your old thing here, but there is a counterculture of kids who see the lies. There's there a swing so back. many of them. They are, they are starting to push back on the nonsense that's being forced down their throats. Yeah. Just and like every CPAC and Turning talking. Point. Those are young kids coming out. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we've said, right, they've taken over every uh, institution of, um, in the country, the left, right? The nomenclature, they've taken over the language, they've taken over the classroom, they've taken over, they've taken over all of it. Yeah. And um, I'm interested, David, we don't have a lot of time left in this segment, but to get your, um, get your opinion, because a couple of, you know, what you guys were just talking about, a lot of what we've talked about on this show is that we've got to start getting these local, you know, I know Biden's a problem. We've got him for two and three more years, whatever it is, and that's the way it's going to be unless something happens, obviously, and we go from bad to worse if something does happen. So let's just call it what it is. But uh, we've got to start getting these local state legislatures, governors, representatives to start governing and representing the people who put them there. If we don't yeah. fix the local problems and the state problems, you know, the federal problems are, are almost secondary. It's the gravitas of the local, state, and federal pension system. And local governments, Republican and Democrat, are fining people $1,000 for a shed being too close to the property line, $7,000 fines for having an illegal apartment. This is a fight against the institutional bureaucracy. It's not about party. And we are getting closer to 1984, and the autocrats you know, are milking you to death, and there's no reason to wake up in the morning and let your crews out of the gate. Atlas will shrug, and society will collapse. And this is a, a on call for yeah. people to wake up because we're stupid and we're entitled and we're lazy and we're being taken advantage of the chai Kam on TikTok and and thank God there's a resurgence but I don't know if it's enough. Okay, you guys are really bumming me out here tonight. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, live from Studio Six B. John Fredericks is going to join us when we get back. Bottom of the hour. Lots to do still on a Thursday night.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. David Zier sitting in. Rick, uh, Rick Delgado's off tonight. Rick Amorati will be doing sports here in a little bit. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Uh, please welcome to live from Studio 6B for the first time, the host of Outside the Beltway right here on Real America's Voice, and of course the, ho- the host of the John Frederick Show, heard every morning 6 to 10 a.m. on radio all across the country, and he to, uh, he's here to actually um, make, a, make a big announcement about this show and the expanding of that radio network, John Fredericks. John Fredericks, how are you? Well, listen, if you're going to launch a radio station in Philadelphia like we did and make an acquisition, you absolutely have to have on Studio 6B from Long Island. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to do it. In fact, be- before we closed on it, I called I called Damon up and I'm like, dude, back to the future, right? I know you started here, but I'm only going to buy this thing. I'm only going to borrow the money if I can be absolutely certain that I can get six, Studio 6B live <laughs> 8 to 9 p.m. That's yeah. the linchpin. <laughs> the linch. So, oh, man. Ooh, that's the cornerstone. So, yeah. Look, you guys are you guys are on right now. Uh, this is great because you guys started in radio. That's why that's why I love Studio Six B. Radio guys are different, right? You adapt to TV, but still in your heart, you like a radio guy. And so uh, we, we are really fired up to have you guys. So uh, my my wife Anna and I just purchased a radio cluster in uh, Delaware, uh, Philadelphia, and South Jersey. So it's and you're on the air right now. Yeah, AM seven forty in uh, Philadelphia suburbs, one hundred three point three FM, which is in downtown Philadelphia, and then we're also in ninety five point three Pensacola, New Jersey. So you're in South Jersey, and if you got a guy from Long Island, you got to be in South Jersey, right? So that's the thing. You got, I mean, you got to be in South Jersey, and so you guys are now. You got a whole radio network going, and uh, we're probably going to expand you to it. Wait, they get a load of you guys in Philadelphia today. I can't wait. Wait, do we bring the hoagie versus the hero battle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're excited. Um, we are excited to be on. We thank you for the opportunity. And um, we love Philadelphia. You know, me and Paul have done radio together for about 15 years. Uh, sports radio, that is. And uh, on different places across the country, Kansas City, Houston, uh, Vegas. Uh, um, we've been on in Philadelphia. I absolutely love the Philly jersey markers. Philly, like to me, it's like it's like a big giant town. It, it's like the it's a, of course a big city, but it it feels like a big giant town. It's just all community that just keeps stretching and stretching and stretching, and uh, it's uh, the people there are just salt of the earth. So I, I I like it there. I like those people a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure they're fired up about politics the way they get fired up about their sports. Speaking of sports, and we'll talk politics here in a second too, but. Um, Let's talk about what's going on with Major League Baseball. You mentioned the Yankees already in this discussion, and uh, here we go. The fans getting shafted one more time. What's your take on what's going on? First two series already canceled. Doesn't look like there's much movement here. I've read something in – I mean – By the way, I read something in PJ Media, which is obviously known to be more of a political um, outfit, uh, talked about this strike, saying, you know, this was 10 years in the making, and both sides have just not really taken – they have not really noticed the economic change on the horizon. The COVID shortened season was really the nail in the coffin. What's, what's your feeling on it? Well, listen, fans are getting screwed again. And all these negotiations, you're negotiating between billionaire owners who screw their fans every day by charging $15 for a beer and $13 for a uh, rubbery hot dog. 
I mean, I take my family of four to, I'm a Houston Astro fan, so let's get that right off the table. Sorry. And by the way, we didn't cheat. We didn't cheat. The Yankees cheated. The total conspiracy. <laughs> Hold on, they let me, bang, let me bang on report, the table here. The Yankees, the Yankees strike. redacted. It's, it's going to be a fastball. The Yankees redacted the whole thing, and you know what? Let me tell you something else. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I'm just stealing signs. For I, I pitch in baseball. People would steal my signs. Ready to go to my catcher and like make up signs. It's like ridiculous. But look, the, the fans aren't represented here, right? right? And let let me just give you one example of of, of what has absolutely infuriated me. And I'm a Houston Astro lifetime fan. I'm 64 since I'm seven. I add the numbers up. I have to have an abacus, right? I got a, we got a shortstop, right? Carlos Correa. Lifetime 276 hitter. Nobody hits on our team. Sixth. Not clean up. Not third, right? Never had over 27 homers. Never had 100 RBIs. He hits sixth in our lineup. He wants 10 years, $350 million. Yeah, I'm supposed to feel sorry for this guy? 10 years. 350 million like and, and, and it's been going on for a year and i got to deal with this it's like get out and i'll find somebody in the farm system i mean these greedy owners and like and, and now this is the owner's plan okay so this is the other thing that's infuriating me there's each baseball team has 180 minor league players each major league team right so here's a manfred's proposal let's cut it to 150 minor league players get what twenty five hundred dollars a month so that's 30 teams times 30 players. So let's take 900 minor league players, shatter their dreams, shatter their opportunity coming out of college, uh, crush their hopes. I mean, and, and to save what? These people are greedy. The fans don't matter. And I'm telling you, you know, we went through this, what was it, 94? It took the only reason baseball came back was because of the steroids and McGuire hitting those homers and the Barry Buzz. You take that out. This sport's going to suffer. They need a salary cap. They need some adults in the room, and they need to negotiate a deal so we can get to opening opening day. ASAP. I don't even I don't even know what the issues are. Who the hell cares? Billionaires versus millionaires. Oh, I'm upset. Yeah, my heart's broken. Does the talent pool get decreased by doing this too? Does the talent pool dwindle? Well, yeah, when they cut down the minor league. But the minor look if if you play ball like me your whole life, the minor leagues is professional baseball. It represents the dreams you start with at seven-year-olds, at six-year-olds in T-ball. And why you, you, you're going to cut a 1,000 players out so you can save X dollars? And then, you know, my team and Crane, you know, they think they invented baseball. They're like, well, we don't need these, all these minor leaguers players. You just come to our facility and we'll do, a, we'll do a video and see what your spin rate is. I mean, these people are clueless. They don't understand how fans are cultivated as ch- children with their fathers and their parents and their, and their moms and going to games and playing in Little League and play ball. They don't even understand that. They're taking this thing into a business too far. But, Damon, you got it. It's been 10 years. They're clueless. And now we're in this mess. And I'm pissed. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of people are, man. Spring training, opening day. They look forward all year to it, obviously. And, uh, you know, like you said, I, I don't know that the sport can take another uh, long-term lockout and get the fans back, you know, with the expansion of other sports in this country, things rising up, getting more popular. I mean, baseball's baseball. It'll always be, Ameri- I mean, I guess still America's pastime, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if the fans come back and if this thing drags on, if this thing drags on for a long time. 
Uh, so let's talk a little politics, though, while I have you, obviously. And um, again, we're speaking with John Fredericks, the host of Outside the Beltway, right here on Real America's Voice. And of course, the host of the John Fredericks Show every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on radio, all up and down the East Coast. Um, I guess I want to start, I was going to ask you about the State of the Union, but we know the State of the Union sucks. We don't need you to tell us that. Let's, let's talk about Bill Barr. That's the thing that surprised me the most. I saw him on with uh, Lester Holt, and I see this thing drop today. And when Bill Barr came back, I thought, you know, there's no more out- upstanding guy than Bill Barr. I thought he'd be solid. And um, I- I'm just, I'm shocked to see him today, of all people, who I can remember on CNN talking about, you're playing with fire when we do these mail-in ballots. Uh, as someone who understands the lawlessness of what went on, I would have thought, uh, understood what went on in these state legislatures with all the, all of the, with the, since we're talking about sports, the playing field being changed leading up to the election, all the power, all the voting being changed, state legislatures never made these changes. For him to come out today and say that all of this was BS that the president was complaining about, I was stunned. What, what are your thoughts? You know, it's all about getting a favorable article written about him in the, in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. It's about going to his country club on the cocktail set with the caviar, driving up in his Mercedes SUV with his wife and being welcomed by the libtars wearing, you know, three masks and a hazmat suit. Yeah. It's basically what this is about. I mean, anybody that has followed this on the ground, uh, Damon and, 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 uh, and David, like, like we have, you guys are, been following this. I mean, the fraud is unbelievable. You look at what they did in Wisconsin. You look at the the, the fraudulent ballots in Georgia. We've got videos of, 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 of ballot harvesting. I mean, it goes on. You know, trucks to nowhere going to Beth Page from Beth Page, where you, you you guys are to Gettysburg, dropping ballots off in the middle of the night, and then nobody can find the truck. This goes on and on and on. And uh, we're eventually going to get to the bottom of it. But for Bill Barr to say, "Oh, there was nothing there." most secure election in history and uh really we just need to move on you know this is the this is the george the george w george h set the bush set the cheney set they want to get yep. back to the old republican party they want to talk about you know how big the the, the the next capital gains tax should be or what regulation they need to cut or what white paper they got from the heritage foundation I mean, that's what that's that's what their comfort level is. And warmongers. Right. So now you, you see Ukraine, all the neocons are coming, coming out. Look, Bill Barr is just part of that set. Trump represents a populist movement of America first, of average working people like we are that have dirt under their fingernails and work their butts off each day. We're not part of the elites. We're not part of that that bar set. And so we, we continue as a threat to them. Look, the Democratic Party, gentlemen, all they've got, the only constituency they've got remaining is single white woke women driving SUVs with the windows rolled up and two masks on and nobody in the car. That's basically (laughs) their remaining constituency. You know, uh, John, this is David Zier, uh, really quick, uh, just really quick. I, I remember when Greg Jarrett was adamantly opposed to Barr being picked by Trump, you know, and warning the American public about it. So just a case in point. Yeah, I was talking about on the show here oh. about he was just a Bush henchman. He's just another guy who's been there forever, just like Fauci. And you know, these lifelong guys, well, they like you said it best. All they care about is rolling up to their country club and 
you know, still being accepted by their their peers and not rocking any boats, and they just want to, you know, ride off into the sunset with his book deal and his money, and can care less about this nation or 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 standing up for for liberty. So, just another one. So, John, let me ask you. Only got about a minute left. What's obviously what's going on in Ukraine? Uh, the president obviously is unwilling to lead in this situation. He's unwilling to unleash American energy. We're certainly not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to cover some stuff that's going on with Iran today that seems strikingly um, worrisome. Uh, what are your just overall thoughts on where we're going here? So you destroy our ability to produce energy in 13 months. You go from an energy exporter, energy self-sufficient to energy importer. Now you have to pay, based on what you did, you have to pay Putin $115 a barrel of oil which is funding his war. So we're paying him that. So that's funding his expansion into the Ukraine. And then you turn around and say, we need $35 billion to send to the Ukraine after we're paying $110 for, for oil to fund the war. And now we have to fight it with another $35 billion. So we're basically giving uh, Vladimir Putin the money to fund the war. And now we're going to give the Ukrainians $35 billion to stop the war. It, it, it's it, it, the, the the mathematical insanity that goes on here is beyond me. Kids today aren't taught math; they're taught critical race theory. That's why the last time you went to a Wawa and the change machine didn't work, try getting somebody to actually count the change out. You'll can't be shocked. The great John Fredericks here live from Studio 6B. John, thanks for the opportunity to be on. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for uh, putting it. My mom said I always had a face for radio. <laughs> All right, we're back right after this. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. The great David Zier sitting in. Geofran holding it down. You need double A's or triple A's, Emirati? What, what do you need? I'll bring them over. I need lithium batteries, man. <laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> Emirati in the house. Yes, sir. What is, uh, that is some suit. Bro, that, that thing attracts the sun. It just keeps charging <laughs> itself. I figured I'd stop in and say hello. <laughs> boys. Yeah, Daylight Savings is here now. Yes, so. sir. How are you? I'm wonderful tonight. Wonderful. Even though I lost my pick last night, first time, I'm still happy. Doing good. Yep. Now I I'm know. Odds makers, for those listening on the radio, we do our odds makers segment. At, well, now, and now in college and pro basketball, we're doing odds makers almost every night, but yep. we... Football season, we do it every Friday. Pick all the games against the spread, which is the only way to pick games, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah Rick had to lose because Durham was getting a little too close. To yeah, his, so uh, I've opened a full Durham-like investigation into Rick Amorati hitting five games in a row. Paul Nolan over here says he's not helping I them. have nothing to do with it. Slick Rick is the new guru in town, and well, that's all there is to it. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I can and- see as soon as I announced the first subpoena in my Durham-like investigation into this, he lost last night with Arkansas, so he's uh, clearly getting nervous already. We'll see. Well, Big D, is that who the, you had last night, Arkansas? 
I had Arkansas. They did win, but they only won by one. I told you, I was a little nervous at that five, laying that five and a half. That was a little too much chalk, that I, and I wasn't that comfortable with it. But yeah. It's almost I like he it. knew he was going to lose. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I put the whammy on me, the hogs. Yes. It was a good well, game last night, actually. We're still f- waiting for him to turn over his phone. I've subpoenaed it, but he hasn't turned it over yet. So <laughs> he, he thinks he's Hillary Clinton. He doesn't have to turn things over. Yeah. He can wipe it. Like with yeah, a cloth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> big yeah. deal. Leech bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Big deal. I was checking facts. By the way, it's not we make the picks. I make the picks. Oh excuse, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You throw you on a yellow pick. bumblebee suit, and all of a sudden you're a big deal. What do you know? <laughs> bumblebee. All right. You be quiet, Gio. Two don't urge him on. Right, you, if you wore a suit, you look like a school bus. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 so now we're going for the fat joke. Well, hey, Bumblebee. Okay. Hey, that's it. Oh, all right. Okay. Let's do a little sports, Big D, if Why it's okay we? with you. This is, since it'll be your last night doing it, go right ahead. <laughs> the bus left the station. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. Number 14, Arkansas survives in the last seconds against LSU. Hey, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Lovely Arkansas. Arkansas guard J.D. Nona made made two free throws with 8.6 seconds. And LSU's Xavier Pinson missed a final attempt off the rim as the clock expired. So the Hogs did pull out a big win, 77-76 over the Tigers. And uh, tonight's purple pick. For Slick Rick, I'm going to – we got Iowa visiting Michigan, okay? Iowa is plus two on the road. And, you know, the great state of Iowa with this yellow suit, how can I not go for the great state of Iowa? The Cornhuskers. I got to go. So I'm going to take Iowa, and uh, I'll take the two points, Big D, on the road with the Cornhuskers. And that is a 9 p.m. tip-off. That's my game for tonight. All right? So mark that down, G, please. And let's go to the Rodeo Houston. We got that running from February 28th. Okay, hold on. I just want to be clear on that. Iowa, ranked 24th, 21 and 8, on the road at Michigan, 16 and 12. You're plus two with yes, Iowa. I'm okay. taking Iowa, the great state. We okay. love Iowa. Very good. All got right. Yep. And we'll take that game. And now we're going to the Rodeo Houston. Big rodeo, over a million seven in prizes. They're not playing around at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Super Series, bareback riding. We're in the third round. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but isn't it the Iowa Hawkeyes? I thought it was the corner. Oh, it's the Bra- – who's the corner? Nebraska? Nebraska. Oh, it's the it, Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, the Hawkeyes. Oh, and check that. And you thought I was helping them. Oh, yeah, see? Well, I mean, well, see the investigation that's having – I better shift now. my pick and go with Michigan. They wear yellow. No, right? no, you can't okay. shift. All right. We'll stick with Let's Iowa. Stick with the loser. All right. Good. Good check, Big D. Uh, bareback riding third round. We have a tie. Jesse Pope on Viewmaster Super Shootout. And uh, $7,500 as well to Jesse Pope on that one. He won the Super uh, Shootouts qualifier. Steer Wrestling third round. Dakota Eldridge, 4.8 seconds. Picked up three grand. Super Shootout qualified. Tana Bruna, 67.50. Team Roping third round. Chad Masters and Corey Petska th- picked up three grand each. Saddle Bronc. Cole Elsher and on Mood Swings. Mood Swings is a horse that can be tough certain times of the month, but uh, good horse altogether. Tie down roping. Cody Craig, nine and a half seconds. And uh, barrel racing, third round as well. Jessica Routier, 14.52 seconds. That's an excellent score. And bull riding, Josh Frost, 87 points on Dueling Dalton. Not to be confused by the co-host with Dueling Damon. And uh, again, payouts, $1.7 million on the NRG Rodeo. Um, hey, can and, I jump in here? Yes. For your sports report? Sure. Because John Fredericks, we were talking sports while you while you were here, while you were getting here. Uh, got something on Getter from Cindy C. She says, and you guys listen up, Paul. 
Um, LFSXP, give me a break. She said, first, millionaire versus billionaire is BS, and I get sick of hearing it. No one complains about how much Beyonce makes, and she doesn't work half as hard as a baseball player and has one-sixteenth of the talent. Until Fredericks can hit a ball flying at him 90 miles an hour with a stick, maybe he should shut up. It's also about the bat boys, stadium workers, and minor leaguers who make less than a grocery clerk. And honestly, only fair-weather fans will walk away. Real sports fans won't. Real baseball fans are devoted and also know that the Astros did cheat and Clemens didn't. Okay. I mean, everything about that was wrong. Okay. I mean, what, are you kidding me? Clemens didn't cheat? Real fans? What do you mean? Who's going to say a real fan? Now you're going to throw your resume at me? How how silly is that? And Fredericks. Barry Bonds had more juice than Tropicana. And and Fredericks was defending the fans about the talent pool and the uh, you know uh, the the amount the minor league guys make and yeah you know, I thought so. he was too that's why I wanted to read this right okay yeah it doesn't make that doesn't make then, sense to it didn't make sense to me either I don't what know is, maybe she what does wasn't. Beyonce have to do with and if you don't want to go to a concert don't go you don't grow up watching Beyonce wiggle a tush and that's, you a, that's a one time event. Yeah, that's a one-time event, you know. We had season tickets in my family for 15 years in the Yankees, and we dropped them that's, because the cost got so outrageous, too. too. We, Mets was, we used to cut the back of the milk boxes off yeah. when we'd go at first. That's how we got all got hooked yeah, on. Yeah, I remember that. Six bucks to get into Shea Stadium. Yeah. All right, that's why I want to read it. So, all right, back to sports. What else is going on, Rick? Good stuff. Well, NFL suspends COVID protocols. How do you like that one? Originally posted on Larry Brown Sports by oh, Steve DeLecchia. Uh, the NFL is officially returning to normal protocols. In a memo issued to all 30 te- 32 teams earlier today, the NFL and NFL Players Association announced that they have agreed to suspend all aspects of the joint COVID-19 protocols effective immediately. There will be no more mandatory tests and no more mask requirements around facilities unless there are local mandates in place. Like, by, for example, like what they do in New York. The NFL did not cancel a single game while dealing with a pandemic for two entire seasons, despite public backlash on more than one occasion. The approach appears to have been the right one, as there are, were no serious consequences from the teams playing games or fans being allowed in stadiums. So NFL has finally come to their senses. It only took them two years, but uh, that's it. Protocols off the table now, Big D. NFL is now the uh, land of the free, so to speak. And that's a wrap in yeah. sports. Well, um, that might be the case for now. And as I told you, let's not um, lose sight because Harwitz has a piece we'll cover an hour too. Not so fast, he said. Ten COVID biomedical fights that are still not over. And we'll get to that an hour too. And we'll also get to this Iran deal an hour too. And anything else quick in the news, Paul, you want to do right now? we got a little bit of time. You know what? Great story. Uh, Gee, why don't you fire up that clip? It's a minute long. Father uh, sees his son get launched from a bull. Father runs out. Kid's knocked out cold. Dad runs out from the stands while these guys, these brave guys, the clowns are trying to keep distracted. And human shields his son and boom, saves his son who's knocked out cold. Saves his son. Holy cow. Look at the old man. Look at the old man. Look at him. 18-year-old cowboy on the ground, out cold. What a father, right? Father of the year, they're calling him. Wow. Is this not incredible? First, this, I mean, these guys are just amazing getting on back oh, in these. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is just incredible. Look at the old boy, man. He's out there, man. Human shield and cowboy himself. God, I love it. I love it. They're both okay. He's out of the hot Boy's out of the hospital. Dad took a severe uh, bruising to his lung. He's okay because he's tough as nails. 
Absolutely. Love that story. My friend's buddy just got a severe head injury mm. from that, and he's uh, done. Ugh. Wow, that's fantastic. God bless. All right, hour two coming up on the John Fredericks Radio Network. Glad you were with us for night one. Dan Bongino coming up right after us. We'll see you tomorrow night on radio if you're on TV. Hour two coming up live from Studio 6B right after this. Studio 6B, Hour 2. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's got some news. David Zier sitting in. Rick Amorati's got sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Great engaged audience tonight. Over on Getter, of course. We're excited to be on Truth Social. I'll bet we'll be streaming there sooner than, uh, sooner than later once they get that figured out. I'm sure they're going to implement live streaming over there as well. But the Getter audience is fired up tonight. It's good to have you all there. I've been getting some great comments on stuff, great questions. I saw somebody here said uh, Bill Barr got the Rhino memo. <laughs> somebody just complimented Paul Nolan on the Bull story. and um, Oh, that was, was fantastic. He got hundreds of comments on Getter. It's great. Great, great. I'm, I'm loving the, the audience, I mean, listen, I'm biased because it's, it's us, but I, this is the best audience in TV. They're engaged. They, they bring up great points. Even when they're even when they're calling me names and disagreeing with me, you know I read them, <laughs> calling me naive, which they do just about every night, which is fine. Um, and that's why Paul and Rick are here. They're a little different view than me on most things, so it's good. And Emirati, by the way, Emirati could talk about anything. I know yep. he sticks in his lane because he's a good team player, but uh, I can't. Can, I say can, all the time, Emirati. He can fire off him. about anything. We want to hear Amarotti's voice more because he's the sweetest guy in the world. He's bright as the day is long, clever as hell, and everybody loves my old man Slick Rick. I got the best seat in TV. I watch you brilliant guys. You hit on so much, boy. It's incredible. We and when you said job. bright and brilliant, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the bright one. I'm bright. You're brilliant. <laughs> and David Zia does a great job. He's a star out there. He really is. I well, watched, right. like, watched um, him over the weekend. David's like the Love fifth Beatle here, right? He, on is. Life he, he is. is. He is a cast member. It's official. So it's, now, that, now that we're done rubbing each other's backs and kissing each other's bottoms. Maybe we get back to news here. Can we get back to work? All right, yeah. here with the news, sponsored by 7cells.com, is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, it's funny you should uh, you should bring that up, but there happens to be uh, a war going on in, in the Ukraine right now. And um, uh, I'm, I'm just kidding around. I, I thought we were, oh, I, I don't know, it was a terrible joke. So amid the Ukraine crisis, Biden, uh, Biden partnering with Russian to revive, I'm sorry, uh, Biden partnering with Russia to revive Iran deal thwart U.S. opponents, according to, this is from John Solomon um, at Just the News. President Biden condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and publicly threatens Moscow with escalating punitive measures. Administration is quietly collaborating with Russians to revive the Iran nuclear deal and undermine future U.S. presidents who might withdraw from it, according to experts from the uh, from uh, U.S. officials. And U.S. officials. Gee, so. throw my um, throw my screen up here. I want to go over this because I have an article about this, and I since Paul brought it up, let's go through this because it's it's you, it's you going. It's deeply concerning. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, this is from Gabriel 
and David Zier, pay attention here because I want you to to really break this down too. Gabriel Norana, I don't think it's how you pronounce it. He's a former State Department Iran official at the State Department. This thread is extremely concerning. He says, my former career at State Department, NSC, and uh, EU colleagues are so concerned with the concessions being made by Rob Malley, who doesn't have a description here, in Vienna, which is where they're having business as usual at the table with Russia, which I told you about the last couple of days, that they've allowed me to publish some details of the coming deal in the hopes that Congress will act to stop the capitulation, as he calls it. He says, what's happening in Vienna is a total disaster, one warned. The entire negotiations have been filtered and essentially run by Russian diplomat Mikhail Yulnanov. The concessions and other misguided policies have led three members of the U.S. negotiation team to leave. This is a long and technical thread, but here's what you should know. And I'm saying when he says you, meaning you, the American people, that's the way I'm taking it. The deal is being negotiated in Vienna is dangerous to our national security. It is illegal, it is illegitimate, and it in no way serves U.S. interests in either the short or long term. Here's why. Led by Rob Malley, the U.S. has promised to lift sanctions on some of the Iranian regime's worst terrorists and torturers, leading officials in the regime's WMD infrastructure, and is currently trying to lift sanctions on the IRGC itself. Let's dive in. First, Biden's team is preparing to rescind the Supreme Leader's Office executive order as soon as this coming Monday and lift sanctions on nearly every one of the 112 people or entities sanctioned under it, even if they're sanctioned under other legal authorities. We sanctioned some of the worst people you can possibly imagine under this authority, like Mosin Rizadi, who was involved in the 1994 uh, bombing that killed 85 people in Argentina. He'll be able to live free of sanctions next week if Mali proceeds. Also under this action, the U.S. will lift sanctions on IRGC Brigadier General Hossein Degan, who led IRGC forces in Lebanon and Syria when Hezbollah bombed the Marine compound in Beirut and killed 241 U.S. service members in 1983. Who else? Ali Akbar Valayadi, a senior advisor to Supreme Leader uh, Khomeini, who was charged in Argentina for homicide for the 1994 Amia bombing and as one of the ideological masterminds behind the attack. He also helped prop up Assad's brutality in Syria. He, he would go free as well. Uh, this would also lift sanctions on Khomeini's personal slush funds, known as uh, Banyads, including... Austin, I don't, you, know, I don't know, you, can, you can see this, how to pronounce all this, an execution of uh, Iman Khomeini's order, which confiscated houses and billions from political dissonance and religious minorities to enrich Khomeini and his goons. Sanctions also to be lifted um, on a massive conglomerate that systemically confiscated property from the Jews after 1979. 
And the thread just continues. But uh, so you just get an idea of when we say business as usual, what is going on. And it's, it, it's, it's an absolute utter disaster happening really the administration is trying to do this under our nose while all of this is else is going on. As, and again, if those pictures didn't leak, well, I don't know if they leaked, but they were put out the other day. And someone made the point is, why are we sitting at the table with the Russians on the Iran deal while, while like one hand's over here and the other hand we're complaining that they're, it's business as usual. And on the other hand, they're invading another country. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> David? Okay. Um, the enemy is controlling the United States government. Um, it's very sad. This was Obama's signature foreign policy event letting the JCPOA deal to go through, which basically guarantees that Iran will get a nuclear weapon, even though they say it won't. Um, the negotiations that took place are completely despicable with special envoy Rob Malley. Um, we're giving away the store. And like Trump said at the CPAC speech, which was the real State of the Union, in my opinion, because it was hard-hitting and factual, is that everything, when he left office, the best economy, the best border, the best military, the best foreign policy and energy independence, all of it has been unraveled in a year. Um, I believe that pro-Iranian forces are negotiating on behalf of the United States. And um, if you talk to guys like Lee Zeldin, who are, are just awesome on this issue, and other people, they will confirm it. And, um, you know, what's her name who worked for uh, Obama? Uh, Donna, uh, I, her name escapes me now, you know, um, I believe was somewhat of an agent for the Iranians. So, no, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, okay, I'm a little I'm overwhelmed sorry. with data right now, but... Uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. The guys who blew up our Kobar Towers, the guys who killed half a million people in Syria, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard with the Russian cooperation, um, these people are the enemy of the United States. And here he is sitting down at the table with the Russians while they're slaughtering a lot of people. So um, I mean, this thread, if you throw it back up, G, th I mean, this thread goes on, obviously, for a while. It's on our social media if you want to read the whole thing for yourself. I obviously can't go through the whole thing. Um, but there's points in here that will really catch your attention, like these sanctions are also not related to Iran's nuclear program, but we're about to lift sanctions on them anyways. These are not inconsistent with the JCPOA, as Blinken and Mali claim. They're targeted the institutions that kill thousands of innocent Iranians and Arabs. Uh, more, every individual and entity that was desanctioned under the JCPOA's Annex 2, Attachment 3, will have sanctions stripped again, even though close to 100 of them were later sanctioned for terrorism, human rights violations, good God, and participation in Iran's weapons of mass destruction activities. So you can see how long this is. It's, it's, on, our, um, it's on our social media. I just can't make sense of it. Every single thing that this administration done has hurt the United States. There wasn't one thing that made us stronger or better or richer. Um, and David, this is what I believe is all part of that great reset. I still believe this is all about the strings and the powers of the World Economic Forum. I think Davos so. I think everyone has Bankers. their hands in it. I, I think do too. I think there are so many players synergistically plucking the wealth of... The, the workforce of the, of the American people, they are using everything that's great about this country to siphon all the wealth out of it for their own needs and uh, for their own whims. And 
you know, for globalist power. And I, I just feel like uh, this is all about one. You show me one American leader other than, say, Jim Jordan and maybe Cruz or Rand Paul a little bit, but he's, like, not an interventionist. So, you know, he has his own reserve views on foreign policy, which is okay. But show me one person other than Trump who can beat the hell out of the left and what's going on. Who's going to speak for the average guy who opens the gates for his cruise every morning? I don't know of anyone else. I think we need him back. Speaking of gates, boy, the, what's ringing in my ears throughout all of this is Bob Gates going on 60 Minutes with what's-her-name there a couple of years ago and saying that this guy Biden has been wrong on every single foreign uh. policy decision he's ever been involved with. And here, and here we are. I mean, talk about really living it. I mean, we are living it, by the way. And Andrea Weiberg and today in The American Thinker, which is probably my favorite site to go to, so aptly named because, man, it really, the stuff there makes you think. I mean, it's just so good. She says a magician's best trick is misdirection. While he has the audience focused tightly on his left hand, his right hand is busy making the magic happen. Then he redirects the audience's attention and voila, magic. The problem is this same trick of misdirection can be used not for entertainment, but to hide political behavior unfortunately if that thread i read you a former iranian official in the u.s state department is to be believed that's exactly what's happening in austria where u.s negotiations with iran are taking place she says obama desperately wanted to deal with iran so much so he negotiated one that ensured that iran was on a glide path to becoming a nuclear armed nation shamefully congress allowed him to enter into what was effectively a treaty without demanding that he submit it to Congress for approval per the United States Constitution, Article 2, Section 2, of course, the Treaty Clause. So when we come back, I want to finish this article because I think she sums up what that thread, as long as it is, and it is on our social media, and I encourage you to go read it. Right now it's on our Twitter, at LFS6B, but it will soon be on our Truth Social, at LFS6B, and on our Getter, at LFS6B as well. I'll go through this from the American Thinker when we get back. From Studio 6B on a Thursday night. More to do. Glad you're with us. We're back right after this. Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. Sound like the blues playing. Which means I'm going to tell you about our friends at Birch Gold. I'm going to tell you about inflation. Saw the Federal Reserve in front of the Senate today. Every single senator asked the same question, the same questions. Just a different way, the same questions. If you didn't see Elizabeth Warren, I'll uh, let me do it for you now. Crypto, 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 dangerous, dangerous, crypto, stop it, crypto, stop it. There you go. Now you don't have to watch her. Uh, inflation continues to rise. Value of the dollar continues to go down. So you're probably considering your financial alternatives. What do you do? As the purchasing power of your dollar continues to go down, paper money becomes more worthless. How do you protect your hard-earned savings that you have worked so hard in your whole life to, to save? Well, one of the options to consider is physical gold and silver, and the folks to speak to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold are experts in precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. 
thousands of satisfied customers. Good God Almighty. Most importantly, they have options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA into a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA. Here's how you get started. Text America from your mobile device right now. Text the word America. Send it to 989898. That's the number to send it to. And you'll get your free information kit from Birch Gold with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. So get the facts, get started today. You've got nothing to lose. Text America to 989898 for your free information kit. And let the experts at Birch Gold show you how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, 18 past the hour. Live from Studio 6B, let's do a little more news and hear what that's Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, speaking of Birch Gold and hedging your, uh, you know, hedging your savings, boy, Biden wants $10 billion to protect Ukraine's border after spending $6 million every day to not build the U.S.-Mexico border wall. Uh, on Thursday, Punchbowl News reported that Biden will request Congress approve $10 billion in emergency military and humanitarian aid for Ukraine and Eastern European allies amid the region's ongoing conflict. Biden has already issued $350 million to help Ukraine's borders. Meanwhile, the infrastructure at the U.S.-Mexico border has been neglected for over a year by Biden. Uh, immediately after taking office, Biden halted all construction of the border wall, leaving materials to rust in the region's desert-like weather. In March of 2021, Breitbart News exclusively reported that Biden had been spending about $6 million every day in taxpayer money to not build the border. By July, Biden had spent $2 billion to not build the wall with costs leveling out about $3 million in taxpayer money wasted every single day. I mean... Sounds like a Babylon B article. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to order a new tablet because i'm going to gun this across the room don't do that Paul. before, before, you, can't, before you, you can't gun your tablet across the room so st- stupid can't write it it's insipid you know i i it, i mean you know the republicans have got to um i mean obviously we have to win in 2022 which obviously all the polls tell you that that's going to happen but we still got to do it well, the worst part is we spent two billion to not build the wall. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Right. Makes but sense. we we have we have got to, um, you know. Speaking of borders in Texas, let me just—I wasn't planning on going here, but let me just ask. Since David's here, I'm interested to get your take. I was shocked that Governor Abbott was able to win as easily as he was able to win the primary the other night against uh, Alan West, Don Huffines, yeah, uh, Chad Prather, yeah. Uh, Governor Abbott was, it seems like a nice guy. Obviously don't know him, haven't had him on the show. But he was as bad as any other governor was uh, on COVID fascism, which to me, the uh, the clot shots, the mandates is the issue of our time. Yeah. And it seemed like people didn't care because they were able to put it in the rearview mirror and they still voted for him over well, anyone else. It wasn't even close. Are you surprised at, uh, by that? I am. Uh, Paxton is in a prime, is in a runoff. And Paxton's the more conservative guy. He's been slandered and stuff a lot. But he's uh, in a runoff just because it was four people there, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the worst part about this whole thing is that the biggest gains were in the Democratic Socialist Party. Uh, people are being elected in Austin that are anti-American communists. And um, Texas should be worried about its future. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it in the way that I just... I uh, mean, I just hope people are not... Um, 
that easily going to put this in the rearview mirror and go, well, okay, we don't have to wear a mask now, or I haven't had to wear them. People were, people were saying I'm being too hard on the governor. I, they haven't been wearing masks in a long time. I mean, this is a guy who put Shelley Luther in jail. This is a guy, I mean, this yeah. is not, his I, COVID I, don't know, policy, I don't think I'm being too hard on him. No, his COVID policy was awful. Been awful. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I don't get it. Um, I feel like half of America has been brainwashed. Um, oh, yeah. they're like different people. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried. Um, and then they're getting, you know, millions of people a year crossing their border and shooting cops in Houston and killing people. And Austin's a left wing bastion. Well, I mean, I listened to Alan West. He was on with Levin and he was talking about how he would handle the border and some of the things that the powers that he thought the governor had and it was not using. And I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to them going, man, if you care about your border, this is your guy. Um, unfortunately, we have to wait till October for Congress to take real action on the border, and these states have to get together and bully Texas into taking it seriously. You know, you can't send National Guard troops to the border with no weapons. Uh, and you also can't tell them to not, not, not fire back if you're fired upon across the border, which Abbott's, is, I heard, is doing. Yeah, sounds like Obama's policy in Afghanistan. So, <laughs> all right, let's do some sports here, and then we'll get back to some more of this. Let's uh, slick Rick. All right, Big um, D. With the, with the bright, bringing the bright yellow yep. tonight. Well, speaking of bright, we got the Men's PGA Puerto Rico Open in beautiful, sunny Puerto Rico, just east of the uh, San Juan Islands there. San Juan is the Grand Reserve Country Club. And I feel that's like where I'm it, there right now. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Looking good. And uh, Michael, we got the tie there. First round, Chase Seifert and Michael Kim both shot a seven under. And again, it's round one. It's early. But we'll keep track over the weekend and give you a full update. And listen to this one, Big D. Syracuse basketball coach... Uh, um, Jim Boheim's wife was robbed at gunpoint. So this is Ju- Julie Boheim, um, and this is from Shannon McHarrison of CBS Sports. Syracuse men's basketball coach Jim Boheim's wife, Julie, was, al- was the alleged victim of an attempted robbery while in her car on Monday. The coach confirmed multiple reports yesterday when he spoke about Julie's experience on the Brent Axe's radio show. She's definitely shook up, Jim Boheim said. I mean, this isn't television. It's not movies. It's real life. Somebody put a gun, puts a gun in your face. She's ha- handling it well, better than I probably would. Of, or most people, I think, but it's not easy. She's a little shook up, but I think she's doing better than she should be expected. Unfortunately, they live in the not-so-great state of New York, which is Syracuse, and these things un- happen a lot more often than I think people are realizing or they're coming to know between carjackings and all the increase in robberies in New York with their bail reform, which isn't exactly so intelligent. But um, the young suspect did drive away with two others in a nearby car that was stolen. The robbery was thwarted. And uh, Julie Boheim, she said to Jim, she said, you know, I really want to see how how we can help that young man locate him and try to see if we can help him and that says a lot there but boy what a scary moment for the uh, for the great Jim Boheim uh, great coach of Syracuse basketball team um, and uh, we got time for one more big day yeah you got okay, time real quick uh, WWE terminates partnership with Russian broadcaster pulls WWE network from Russia uh, this is Zach Wassing from Yardbarker those Russians are going to go bananas when they pull the WWE they love it over there as noted by Newsweek and other outlets world wrestling entertainment has widely been accused of helping Saudi Arabia's sports wash its human rights record by holding events in the country. WED went in a different direction today as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine that has drawn criticism throughout the world. WrestleMania 38, um, a two-night event, is occurring at AT AT&T Stadium. However, you will not be able to watch it if you're in Russia. You're going to miss the show. They're pulling it, and uh, I think that's great. There's a lot of other um, NHL 22 games is is pulling out. EA Sports is uh, also not going to be giving uh, giving any information for the Russians, you know, to be able to get any new updated games. So, you know, you 
you're starting to see a lot of these a lot of these sports organizations really, if you will, boycott Russia as and deservedly so for what they're Okay, that's good. Now do China too. How about that? Next. Yeah. Well, when they invade Taiwan, they will. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what it's going to take, sadly. Yeah. You're right. You might be right. I mean, listen, they just had the Olympics. No one said boo. You know, nope. right? And nobody watched it either. That's a very good point. All right. Live from Studio 6B. More to do. We'll do some more news when we get back. We'll get back to the Obama deal in Iran with now this new administration, but really not a new administration. The same administration. Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Lots to do still. Paul's doing the news. Rick Amorati's got sports. David Zier sitting in. <clears throat> David, I don't want to make you um, uncomfortable, but as I was telling you, the Getter audience is uh, very active and very inspired. They watch the show every night. We get great comments. There's one here I'd like to bring to your attention, <laughs> if you uh, would bring it up, G. David Zier, hey, hot stuff. <laughs> Glad to see you on LFS 6B. So, I mean... This is when I tell you they're engaged. They're engaged. This lady sounds like maybe she wants to be engaged. Uh, yeah, I think she's hot for the whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> she's a sweetheart. Hey, uh, she's a Sun- sweetheart. <laughs> Sunrise Sally says, hey, David, a.k.a. now the fifth Beatle. I'm, I, too, am worried about all these socialist candidates. I worry for my children and my future grandchildren. And, I mean, it, it would be ha- it's hard not to, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, you know, we got to wake up fast. This, is the, this year is the last year to keep it straight. Let's talk about CPAC. You were just there. We were talking in the break about the next CPAC in August 4th yeah. through 7th being in Dallas, Texas. And we were speaking to Texas and the governor. And by the way, I think Greg Abbott seems like a fine man. I, I, I'm just, uh, I just think that this is the issue of our time. By the way, David, um, have you noticed that the Republican Party, all the fervor they have, and, not, and I'm certainly not saying Ukraine doesn't matter. I think it does matter. But I don't remember, I mean, the way that the Republican leadership and party is is with the press releases and jumping in front of the cameras and the, and the social media, and, and they're, they're falling over themselves. Man, they're fired up about Ukraine. It's funny, I don't remember them being this fired up even about their own constituents being forced vaccinated and their lives being torn apart and people's uh, jobs being taken from them and businesses yeah. being shut down. Yeah, it's, it's, why, it's kind of it, weird, isn't it? That's why I left the party in 2016 after 35 years and working on like a 200 races. And, you know, because, um, you know, they don't represent the guy who's in business who's getting slaughtered. And um, it's very disheartening. Uh, I still support conservative Republican candidates and Trump and stuff, you know, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bad situation. Yeah, they weren't they weren't just fired up about people whose lives were being totally destroyed, their own constituents. I didn't see this kind of fervor over no. that. And now kids and, and the kids. harm. So CDC changes the standards for speech, amount of words you learn by two and a half. They make it three years old. You know, kids are getting destroyed. Nobody stood up. We had a red wave here on Long Island. Where are the Republican uh, you know, uh, uh, people who were elected? Where are those politicians standing up to reduce our taxes, repeal regulation? You know, I challenge them to do something. They've been in office for two months. What are they doing? Are they freezing the budget? Are they cutting our tax? Trump's the only one to cut our taxes, along with Newt Gingrich and John F. Kennedy and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Um, so CPAC was great. CPAC, right. So CPAC, obviously Rav was there, big presence. Um, give us, I guess, your 
just thoughts of we didn't make we didn't get a chance to make it there. Although yeah. I am going to I am going to make a very concerted effort to get the CPAC in Dallas. I'll wrap it up in a nutshell. Rav, no, we got time. Real America's Voice News is is the bomb. And our production crew and Don Thompson and Harry Oates and Brandon Job, all these guys, they're amazing. They're, they're a seamless operation. That studio was better than Fox Nation with their stupid masks on setting up their stage at Fox Nation, you know, in, in Florida, you know, and uh, our set was better. It was bigger. It was right outside the ballroom and we captured everybody and all the buzz was by our booth, our studios. The whole time we interviewed everybody from Pompeo, you name it, everybody, everybody, everybody. And the people and the quality of the people, once you go south of Jersey and west of the Hudson River, you find real America again, apparently. Everybody's awesome. The young kids are dressed nice. They're informed. They're tired of watching their parents suffer. They're tired of learning, tired of learning remotely in school. It was awesome. And in summary, the Trump poll, the, the straw poll that Real America's Voice News sponsored at CPAC, by the mm-hmm. way, was extraordinary. Trump won 59 to 28 against DeSantis. And if you take Trump out of the picture, two-thirds of the voters for DeSantis, 61% went for DeSantis, two-thirds of them were Trump voters. Um, 98% of the people said more conservatives need to fight more on social media against liberals. This was a liberty vote blockchain straw poll. And three-quarters of the people, you know, uh, say we need to implement blockchain technology in the election. This was an extraordinary event. Um, you know, it, it, great people. Rav kills it. And um, I can't say enough about it. And we'll be in, uh, again, we'll be, I believe we'll be at CPAC in Dallas, August 4th through the 7th, uh, as now CPACs are more than just once a year. And you went to one in Dallas already, right? Uh, CPAC, it was called Uncanceled. It was, the, CPAC never had more than one event a year. Last year they had two because of the popularity of people yearning for Trump to come back. Yeah. And the media and the Republicans say, and NBC says, you know, they don't want Trump as the nominee. He's too radical. It's bull. People like are crazy for Trump. At that, at that event, the people were like on their feet. You couldn't hear yourself think they want Trump. They need him back. Who else is there to beat the heck out of the left? Yeah. And well, that's there's what DeSantis, want. but I mean. And DeSantis too, but he can't, we can't afford to lose him in Florida. Exactly. Cannot so afford what to do lose do? him in Florida. That's true. Yeah. David, can I ask you a question uh, yeah. off topic? Why can't states, if we have federalism, why can't the states... Like like New York and Pennsylvania, if they had wanted or they choose to, why can't they tap their own gas reserves? Why can't the states have the rights to to produce their own fuel? Well, you know, the New York state legislature and the Democrats in New York state destroyed the fracking industry in New York state in any hopes of doing that. Yeah, well, we saw that. Movie. Can't get a license. Can't get, they're, they're regulated to death. Granholm has six or seven request licenses from from uh, other countries that want um, natural gas. She won't even look at them. Yeah. Cut seven, G. Listen, you want to know where we're heading with Granholm? Here you go. Cut seven. Roll that. But the bottom line is that this president and this administration are looking at every single tool Baloney. to shield American families from the impact of rising energy prices. And we're working through we're working through an energy transition. And we've got to start by adding energy. There you go. Energy. Yeah, there it is. The and the reality is Transition. we have to take <laughs> yeah, we're all heavily invested to get in off of oil and gas. We recognize sure. this. This is a transition. Yeah, yeah, sure. 330 million people. Yeah, we're going to get off oil and gas, military. We're going to run those tanks on batteries. Yeah, no problem.
Yeah. You know, um, just really quick, you know, the, the Democrats are suit. always saying, you know, uh, the, the Republicans want to push granny off the cliff in a wheelchair. Under Reagan, they said that the seniors were going to eat dog food and mighty food, mighty dog and cat food. And, you know, it's Biden that is destroying the people on fixed incomes in this country with gas prices and home heating oil prices in the Northeast. They're freezing to death. And it's on his hands, on his watch. And yeah. it's a Democrat. Damon, what do we see tonight at the diner? We, we, we had a break, Damon. What do we see tonight at the diner? Yeah, we went, to, we, went, the times? we went to a local diner, and we had uh, two lovely ladies walk up, and one said, I'm training. The other was, the, other was serving us, and the other one said, I'm training with her. Very nice. And uh, the, one, the lady who was training was probably 75 years old. Yeah. And not to say that, I mean, she looked like she was in good shape. She, she looked like work. she had a lot of spirit. And, but we, yeah. It's unnatural. It's unnatural. It's, it's, it's not what, it's not, it's just, there's something about that that's just so wrong. Yeah. There's just probably the dollars aren't going as far. Yeah. You know, that's why it's such a joke. We talked about this. Then he gets up there at the State of the Union. He just says things because the media is so corrupt in this country that he knows he can say it and get away with it. He says it as like we're all living on a different planet. We just came in just to hear this speech. Like we don't know what's been going on. Oh, four hundred thousand. We're not going to raise your taxes. One thing. What do you think inflation is? It's the most insidious tax there is, and it's on everybody. I mean, the things he says. And he's gonna. He's gonna. He, he's bringing down the deficit. He told us. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Well, what world does this guy think we're all living in? But he gets away with it because the media is so damn corrupt. I mean, he talks. He talk. What do you talk about? Yeah, they can't be sued. Right? Yeah, oh, real. Yeah. You know, he he just constantly contradicted himself through that whole thing. It was, Saki today it was, was asked about um, energy. Do I don't know? If, do we have that G on Saki being asked about the back and forth? Cut four. Roll that, and then we'll do cut five after that. Roll that. And believes that anyone uh, who is asked should participate in the process of getting to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. But, Thanks, Jen. Um, on gas, you, you just said that, you know, less supply raises prices. It's not in our strategic interest to reduce the supply. Yeah. We also know, you know, the president, as recently as yesterday, talked about increasing domestic manufacturing to bring down prices on uh, inflated items like goods. So why not apply the same logic to energy and increase domestic production here? Well, there are 9,000 approved oil leases that the oil companies are not tapping into currently. So I would ask them that question. Yeah. Is there nothing that the administration can do to get those providers back to pre-pandemic levels? Do you think the oil companies don't have enough money to drill on the places that have been pre-approved? Just asking. You, you see this? I would, I would point that question to them, and we can talk about it more tomorrow when you learn more. Do you think that oh, opening the Keystone Pipeline and having more energy-friendly policies might do that? The Keystone Pipeline has never been operational. It would take years for that to have any impact. I know a number of members of Congress have suggested that, but that is a proposed solution that has no relationship or would have no impact on what the problem is. We hear all agree is an issue. So during that, those years where it would you know, take to bring down prices, as you're saying, we should just continue to buy Russian oil? 
Well, again, Jackie, I think you're familiar with a number of steps we've taken, a historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Well, we can, well, let me finish what we can do over time. And what this is all a reminder of in the President's view is our need to reduce our reliance on oil. The Europeans need to do that. We need to do that. If we do more to invest in clean energy, more oh, to invest please. in other sources of, of energy, that's exactly what we can do to prevent this uh, from happening in the future. We welcome any Republicans from joining us in that effort. As Go long, ahead. As long as we're oh. buying Russian oil, though, aren't we financing the war? Well, Jackie, again, uh, it's her. only about 10 percent of what we're importing. Uh, I've not, not made any announcement about any decision on that front. But our objective here and our focus is making sure that any step we take maximizes the impact on President Putin and minimizes it on the American people. And anyone who's calling for uh, an end to the carve-out uh, should be clear that that would rise, raise prices. Yeah. Jackie, Jackie Heinrich should ask those same questions every single day. She should ask the same questions every single day because that's not a good exchange for Saki and her arrogance thinks that she can get through that every single day and give those lame answers and that's totally below the Keystone pipeline would have given us more barrels a day itself than what we're buying from overseas 800,000 barrels a day I think we're right now we're importing about 600,000 She's I mean, shielded. The, She's shielded by the MSM. It's disgusting. It's amazing. It, it is. They're all. They're all shielded by it. But good for Jackie Heinrich for 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 continuing to go at her. She should yeah. do the same questions every single day. She should ask the same questions every single day. Because those answers are bogus. This administration puts their ideology and the Green New Degrowth Movement deal in front of anything that could benefit the country. Period. Yeah, well, they said it. They're so heavily invested in this transition. There's no coming back from it. They're going to eliminate fossil fuels and the way we live our lives, and they're going to get so rich doing it. But I identify as having enough energy. Yeah. Transition. You hear the, you hear the transition. There's always that key word in there. Yeah, existential threat. Transition, transition. rethink, reimagine, yeah. this, that, yes. and the other thing. Don't cook dinner for your kids. Hey, one thing before we go much. to break. Sorry, that, John. Uh, sorry, David. One thing before we go to break, we're going to uh, cover the rally this weekend, which we'll talk about when we get back. But someone who may not be there, because we uh, we don't know where he is, Rology, is Harry. You seen Harry? <laughs> Harry? You in here? <laughs> Harry? Not here, Harry? Anywhere. We got to get to this rally. Where is Harry? Harry, are you down there? <laughs> Harry. Hey, David. Glad uh -oh. to see you today. Looks uh -huh. like you're a man in from the cold. But uh, we just have one question for you. Where's Harry? Where's Harry? Harry's on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of buses. That's good there. That was, a, uh, that was a good response there from David's ear. Harry's on the highway. Ad hominem. Yes. Well, I don't. I don't know if Harry. Harry may not show up tomorrow. I think Ed Henry may have told him, "You screwed up too much, Harry. You're out of here." All right, thirteen to the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Hey, want to send out all obviously uh, thoughts and prayers and congratulations. I guess I don't know if that's the appropriate word to um, Governor DeSantis's wife who i guess as of today he said he he put out on social media that she's technically cancer free so casey desantis i believe has gone through this battle with her husband and she has uh 
declared cancer-free today, and, and God bless for that. So we're happy for that, sending out prayers and hope for her to continued success. Um, Governor DeSantis really uh, raised some eyebrows yesterday when he told these poor kids they didn't have to wear their mask. Of course, he came under extreme fire for threatening lives and stuff like that. But, um, well, so Joe Biden today, well, he signed a bill, and it is the basis of today's crazy town. Biden signs bill, wait for it, for sexual assault. Roll it, G. Who's that guy in front of you? Is that dad? Just remember, moms, you get along with, you can work it out, but dads are hard to raise. Be patient. Well, look, Gretchen, thank you very much. You know, uh, you remind us that uh, even a powerful job didn't protect you from having to content you're over this side. I'm sorry. And my State of the Union, I said I disagreed with the notion that we can't work together on important things. Last year, I signed 80 bipartisan bills in the law, from preventing government shutdowns to reforming the military justice system, uh, as Kristen knows very well. Vice President, represented an old friend, Sherry Bustos. Good to see you, Sherry. And uh, Ken Buck, Morgan Griffith, uh, uh, Pamela Jayapal. Uh, where are you? Where is she? Pamela. There you oh, are. It's not even her name. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> By the way, Lindsay used to be a really close friend. I'm going to work on it again. Oh, he, sh- he still is, I'll bet. And Dick Durbin. And I'm, I'm leaving all, so many people out. But look, between half and three quarters of all women report that they have faced some form of sexual harassment in the workplace. And too often they're denied a voice and a fair chance to do anything about it. Today we send a clear and strong message that we stand with you for safety, dignity, and for justice. Time and again, women and sometimes men are forced and faced sexual harassment and, uh, and assault on the job. And parenthetically, employees can still forbid, can still forbid, employers can still forbid people from talking about what happened to them through non-disclosure clauses. Good, and again, please looking right here. So tell me about And for those who experience sexual harassment or assault, you're going to have the right today that you did not have yesterday. And that's good news. And by the way, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to walk over and sign this legislation. Now the wall. Okay. Make yourself comfortable, everybody. Oh, the body yeah, look at the kid. Really? Really? See the mom patting? Yeah. And now you guys, you guys were tame there. There's a lot more video that's even worse than that. That creep. Mm. It's kind of like um, Joe Biden on uh, anything having to do with uh, Black History Month or anything like that. A guy who was hanging out with segregationists is going to may not carry as much weight with some of these issues um, as others. Joe Biden's the last person we should be hearing about on a lot of this stuff, given his past. That was good, G. 
Uh, all right, a uh, couple minutes here left. We'll do some uh, sp- sports, and then we'll see if there's any news left. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Well, let's get an update on odds makers. Look like it's starting to purple rain again as Iowa, the Hawkeyes, are up 37-21 over Michigan. In Michigan, it's senior night for the Wolverines, but they're getting smoked right now. 37-21, 3.30 to go in the first half. Plenty of time there, but looking good. I don't want to jinx myself and give myself the kibosh. But... Oh, you just did. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, Big D, I know you're going to love this. Arnold Palmer Invitational is also going on. Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill Club and Lodge, beautiful Orlando, Florida, $12 million purse, and Damon's favorite golfer shot a seven under today. Rory McIlroy leads the crowd. Don't worry, Big D. I always tell him who's number one on the round one usually isn't number one there on Sunday okay, that's a good that's a good point because between Zier and, and Nolan Nolan tonight I'm just uh like depressed now you're telling me Rory had a good first round I'm even more depressed Seven, you're making that day. same face you are in that picture <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's gonna be me tonight before going to bed well, I'm gonna cheer you up there's a nuclear reactor that's being bombed in, in yeah Ukraine. well it's that thing if that goes good God the report is that oh, the, the report by the way on that is that the rate there's radiation levels are normal so good thank God for that I was seeing that the administration buildings were on fire, not the reactor buildings. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Way to go. Well, sports is going to take you to the Ukraine right now. Bavol appeals for peace in Ukraine. Dmitry Bavol, worried for friends and family, says Russia's invasion of Ukraine, really sad for me. Issues call for peace. Mike Coppinger, Dmitry Bavol, is a name you might not recognize, but you'll recognize who he's going to be fighting, who was born in Kyrgyzstan, uh, but has long resided in St. Petersburg, Russia, is preparing for a fight with boxing stop star Canelo Alvarez. And uh, but is painfully aware of the situation at home. Bavol, 19 and 0, 11 KOs, recently arrived in the U.S. from Russia, which invaded Ukraine on February 24th and remains at war. The 31 year old will remain stateside and train in Indio, California, uh, ahead of his WBA light heavyweight title defense against Alvarez on the zone pay per view May 7th at T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I have a lot of friends in Ukraine, Bavol said Wednesday in San Diego at the kickoff news conference to promote the fight. I have a lot of friends in Russia, my family. Family is in Russia, so there's a uh, professional boxer who's got a lot to worry about. And you know, Canelo Alvarez is a, uh, a huge fighter, big D, as you know, big pay per view drawer, and uh, you know, somebody who's going to be watching. So, one more story Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, will have nothing to do with the Duke program after the final <clears throat> season. Victor Barbosa, uh, number seven Duke, will host rival North Carolina in both teams' regular season finales at 6 p.m. this Saturday, in which is, is expected to be one of the most electric atmospheres. Of the 21-22 basketball season, Mike Shashevsky has been at the helm of the Blue Devils since 1980-81 season, uh, and has led the program to 35 NCAA tournaments. And he was quoted at a press conference today. Once the season is over, Coach K said uh, um, that will be the end of his basketball career. I will have nothing to do with our basketball program. So you talk about a legend walking away from the game and uh, not doing anything else with it. That'll be interesting. But uh, yeah. all right, Big D, wrapping sports. Back hey, to just you. an update. Our very educated audience says the. Uh, uh, the buildings are not on fire now. So uh, France says uh, the admin buildings are. The audience is saying it's not. I will do some homework on that when I get home. Okay. Uh, one clip I want to play, David Zier. This is a good wrap for the night. We've been talking about our constitution and where we are with this president this country and what we're up against, even if we do take over. Of course, the Republican Party has their own problems. Um, cut 10, G. This is this is the um, this is the Democratic Party of today. More and more, more, really, more and more, where they're heading every single day. Roll that. 
Now, in your book, Allow Me to Retort, you reframe politics and the Constitution by kind of breaking down how it all impacts voting rights, like you mentioned, uh, LGBTQ rights, abortion rights, the list, as you know, goes on and on. So are you arguing that the Constitution needs to be scrapped altogether? <laughs> sure, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like, yeah. like, like, if we could throw that out and, and start over with a new document that was more inclusive of everybody, that was written by everybody, at no point have black people, God, people help us all. or women had a say in actually writing the Constitution or the amendments to that Constitution. If we could throw that out and have a delegation of all Americans to write a new one, I would be all for that. Okay. That's what they did in South Africa. Yeah, when they got when they got rid of apartheid, they didn't like tax. This is insanity. All right, as we uh, as we say goodnight, David Zero, what are we covering this weekend? Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens uh, shall not be infringed in Rome, Georgia, her home, our home district. We got Bannon, Gates, uh, West, uh, Herschel Walker, and yes. don't forget uh, we got Don Newen and Donna Fiducia down there with our great Rav crew, Parker, Don, and Brandon, and we got Danny Hamilton, the operator of the Save America Freedom Tour bus, uh, be grilling. So don't miss that live coverage, Real America's Voice, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. this Saturday. All right, as always, we salute all the first responders. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B audience covering that. We'll talk about more about it tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a good one.